That sounds good to me. Who would like to be complete and equipped for every good work? By show of hands, who would like to? Um, good morning, everyone. Welcome to 2020's uh, first Sunday. Excited? You excited about that? This is the first Sunday of 2020. I read something uh, on social media that we are closer to 2050 than we are to 1990 right now. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> at least I think it's crazy. Sorry if you don't. Um, you might think that I am crazy. Is that possible? Um, let's pray, and then I'll stop being silly. God, thank you uh, for this morning. Thank you for this time that you've given to us to gather together to uh, to worship you, to gather together to hear from you, and to, to study your word together as a family, Father. Thank you so much for these people, uh, but thank you mostly for Jesus, for the life and the death and the resurrection that he has, has given to us. Thank you for Christ in his name. Amen. Uh, so typically every year, uh, this first Sunday of a new year, we kind of lay out a little bit of vision for where God, I think, is taking us for the year. And um, as you can see, 2020, being with Jesus. If I was more clever, if I was a better pastor, I would have something to do with vision or something there. Um, uh, yeah, that would have been much better. I should have talk to our, our resident ophthalmologist or optometrist or what are, what are you, an ophthalmologist, optometrist? You're an opto-something. Um, so, and, and we could have come up with some really clever thing to say, um, but that would have distracted from the point. The point is to, to be with Jesus. Um, and I have really two ideas that, that get to that, but before I get to those two ideas, I want to read... Um, 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17 above us, because the first idea is to read the scriptures. Um, by the way, this is Paul writing to Timothy, uh, and that relationship is Timothy is young and Paul is older, and Paul is investing uh, all that God has done in him into Timothy so that Timothy might lead the church in Paul's absence and, and become this great pastor, this great leader that he did become. Uh, so this is... Paul writing to Timothy his charge for him. Uh, but as for you, continue what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings. That's the scriptures. That's the Bible. Um, knowing from childhood you've been acquainted, you've been made aware of the scriptures, the Bible which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. I want to stop just for a second and underscore this incredible value that we have in our Bibles. Um, and I think that, that we can tend to um, discount the value that we have uh, in our scripture, in the word. And I know for me, uh, 2019 was, was a year of, of being really busy. And when busyness comes, Typically, if I'm not focused, the first thing that drops out is, is a focused daily reading of the Bible. And um, it, 2019 for me, I read very little of the scriptures that weren't intended for me to preach to you guys. Um, 
and uh, that's it's bad. That's not good. And so I want to lead us. I want to lead myself and and lead us to engaging more with the scriptures in 2020. Um, because look, look at what what Paul says to Timothy about their vitality, their importance, and and what they do. They make you the scriptures, the Bible makes you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Then in verse 16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable. Just stop for just a second. All scripture is profitable. Um, it's good for us to come to scriptures, to come to the Bible with the intent that what I'm about to read is good for my soul. Um, like, I, I want to proclaim with all of the angst that's within me the, the incredible value, the incredible gift that we have in the, the scriptures. They are profitable for these things, for teaching, to teach our own souls and for us to teach others, for reproof, and reproof and correction are kind of the same word. Basically, I'm doing something wrong and the scriptures are pushing on me in that way. And so here's the thing that, that I think, at least for my heart, and I think also for the heart of, of the global church and then specifically specific churches and then even more so to the people that make up specific churches, is that we tend to become our own God. And what I mean by that is whatever we think and whatever we feel, and whatever we believe in our own innate selves is what is the absolute truth. And when someone or something or some idea infringes upon that, that is evil and that is wrong because it messes with how we feel and how we think. And we become de facto gods for ourselves. And we dismiss people, we dismiss churches, we dismiss um, segments of, of the population because they disagree with us. And we have become our own gods. But, and, and this is, think of that idea, that notion, and then come to verse 16. All scripture is breathed out by God. So God intends for you to know this about himself and it's profitable for, for teaching so you can understand who God is and what he wants for you. And then it brings reproof and correction. If there is no reproof or no correction in your life, then you are your own God. But the scriptures are also for training in righteousness that by the man that the man of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. And I want, I, I desperately long for my own heart, my own self to be competent and equipped for every good work. And I want that for you. Um, so 2020, I want for us to be a year where we are diligently and um, meditatingly and consistently in the scriptures. Uh, we're gonna start this month, the month of January, in John. Uh, so 
guys, uh, come up if you would, Ben and, and Josh. Uh, I have a calendar that they're going to send to you, or they're going to hand out to you. This is a, a paper calendar which walks through uh, a, a reading of the book of John. Um, and also, by the way, uh, if you want, uh, hit that, that next one with the phone number on it. you see it? Back there, if you want, so this is a, a Google Sheet that you're being handed. If you want like a digital version of this, you can have it on your computer, on your phone, or, or iPad, or whatever, text your email address to that number. That's my number, by the way. So text your email address to that number, and I'll share with you this Google Sheet so you'll have it in, in your possession. Um, but there, there, are, there are two main reasons for this, uh, that we're starting the Gospel of John. Uh, the first one is, I want us to develop a habit of reading the scriptures. And so what, what you have there, so to, um, this is only Monday through Friday, so you've got Saturdays and Sundays to take a break or to catch up if you miss the day. So on Monday, tomorrow, you'll see on the sheet there, you've got John 1 and John 2. It should take you somewhere between four and six minutes every day to read the chapter. Tomorrow, since there's two, it should take you between eight and, and 12 minutes to do it. Um, and so, generally speaking, outside of, of spiritual disciplines, if you do something for a month, it begins to develop itself into a habit for you. Uh, and so that's, that's really the goal. Why we have, you, you might have seen like yearly reading plans. This is a month reading plan. And its purpose, at least one of its purposes, is for us to develop this habit of reading scripture. And, and putting ourselves in the scripture. Um, but the, the second main reason, not just to develop a habit of reading scripture, but also is to, to train to see ourselves and see the world as Jesus sees us and sees the world. And John is the best book for that. So we're reading a book to develop a discipline. We're reading this book so that we can see the world and ourselves as Christ sees us. Um, Ideas and venues for this. Um, wake up five minutes. To read each. The second Timothy back up. Continue what you have learned and firmly believe. Make you breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and all training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. Five minutes of sleep is worth the trade for those things. Wake up five minutes early and spend that time reading the scriptures. Um, secondly, uh, put that, that image up there. Uh, I know a lot of you like have a, a commute to work. Um, this is a, a YouTube channel and you can have, like run it through your phone, run it through your Bluetooth in your car, whatever, and let someone read John 1 to you. So each chapter has its own uh, so this is obviously in the upper left there, upper right there, it's John 1. 
So you can have someone read John, get in the car, you're driving to work, you're driving to take the kids to school, whatever, and, and let someone read John 1 to you. Um, and by the way, this one is, it's really good. It's just a, a simple narrator's voice reading the whole thing. Uh, there's also, hit, hit the next one. The next one is uh, a screenshot image of a podcast. Uh, so this is the, the, if you search Bible English Standard Version, you're going to see that one. Um, this one, uh, I don't, I don't really like it as much. It's, it's got a, when there's narration happening in John, it's, uh, it's a, a narrator's voice, but then they, they try to kind of dramatize, uh, like when someone else is speaking, they have this really lame, weird, like they try to be dramatic about it. Um, but some of you may be able to podcast better than, you know, running YouTube or something. And you really need this to, to engage with yourself uh, or engage with the scriptures. And, and so this is word for word. Even the dramatization stuff is actually word for word for what's in the ESV version. Um, so two great options if you don't have a lot of time to sit and read or you're not someone who can just sit and read and need to be doing something. Put this in, in your ear pods or, or, or on your Bluetooth and way to work or when you're working out or whatever and allow the scriptures to be read over you. Maybe even do it multiple times. You can, if you've got a 20 minute drive to work, you can have the, the YouTube uh, thing run four or five times on the way to work. Uh, get this into you. Um, husbands, one of the greatest things that my wife and I that have like the connection for our own marriage and, our, and who we are as, as husband and wife, one of the greatest things that, that we've done throughout the course of our marriage is, is me reading scripture to Jen as we fall asleep. So husbands, a great way to end a day, end a night, is to read a chapter of John to your wife as you're falling asleep. Um, in Ephesians, it says, husbands, wash your wives with the word. Um, it's, a, it's an incredible and wonderful thing. Um, or here's another thing I, I didn't, I didn't you remember when we did James, we had those ESV scripture journals, right? Um, uh, grab one of those. Uh, you can have it sent to your house. It'll be at your house on Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, we didn't, I didn't buy one for everyone this, this time because there are every, not everybody is, is a, is like, you're just going to sit and read it. So probably only a few of you would like to get it. They're like four, three or four dollars on, uh, you can buy them different websites and stuff. Uh, so, but the, the point is, we are going to read John together as a church. And, and I'm not going to preach it at all, um, but we're going to talk about it in community groups. And by the way, that's a commercial for community groups in 2020 or 2020. If you're, if you're not in a community group, get in a community group. We have two and, and we may be adding third as, as, as kind of is, is needed, uh, but we're going to be studying the book of John and not just studying the book of John, but engaging with each other with how the book of John is engaged with us. Follow that? Um, so uh, I want to bring three questions to you. Uh, they're, they're on the screen and they'll put them, I'll put them out on, on social media today and, and also tomorrow morning. Uh, but these are the, the three things that I want us to, the three questions that I want us to be thinking about as, as we do this. Um, First is, is there a character trait of Jesus in these chapters? So as you're reading the chapter, you could be actively writing down a character trait that you saw Jesus, or if you're listening to it on YouTube or a podcast, you could be thinking, 
okay, I need to be looking for a character trait of Jesus here in what's being read to me. Secondly, is there an action of Jesus to emulate in these chapters? Think about that. Is there an action, something that Jesus is doing, is there something that we can do to emulate Christ in these chapters? And then thirdly, who's interacting with Jesus in these chapters and what is their reaction to him? So these three questions in your brain as you're listening, as you're reading, and as you're training, and as you're developing this Bible study discipline is to ask, these questions are very specific to John. If we do this again in like February moving forward, I'll have different questions. But these are the three questions I want us to be considering every time we're here. Because the point of this is one, to develop a discipline, but two, it's to understand who Christ is and understand how we relate to him and how he relates to us and then how that wholeness creates how we relate to our culture. And, and the hope is we eventually become to our culture who Christ was to his culture. Um, uh, one other thing to note about this, uh, there's a, a hashtag that, that I want to create for us. So as you're reading this, if, if you have a, a, a really really great answer to one of these questions or something that you really see where, where God showed up a character trait of, of Christ in these chapters, put it on, on Facebook or put it on Twitter or put it on uh, Instagram or whatever with this hashtag, NC John. That's North Church John. So NC John. So put that and we can all kind of engage this together because this is not a Sunday morning thing. This is a, an outside of Sunday morning thing, which is kind of the point. I, I, I don't want this to be us preparing for a Sunday morning sermon. I want this to be us engaging Christ in our world. That's why we're Monday through Friday and, and it's not sermon-based. But it is community-based. We're doing it in community groups. And also, I need to hear and you need to hear how the other people within our church have been engaging with the, the book of John here. All right? Um, it's, a, it's a great value for us. Um, I want to say this. Uh, it's really spread out and it's really short readings for the purpose is that I don't want you to get discouraged. If you miss a couple of days, don't get discouraged. They're very short, so you can plow through three or four in a day if you get discouraged or if you miss a couple of days or just jump back into to where we are. That's why you have a calendar in front of you. That's why you'll have a calendar if you, uh, you send me a text and, and I'll add you to the, I'll, I'll share the document with you. But the point is, is to get ourselves reading scripture and thinking about Jesus every day. Um, the goal is not to check off a box. The goal is not religious activity. The goal is to know Jesus. Um, my friend Trey Herrick, a pastor in St. Charles, says this, the Bible is not a task to be accomplished. It's a means of knowing God. Um, so I want you to I want you to know that as we press in this this year, that we want to know God, and this is the the way to do it. And there's a growing need in my world, and a growing need in your world, and a growing need in this culture for us to know the gospel and press into it, and know Jesus and press into Him. Perhaps the most valuable thing that you can do with your time, the, the most valuable thing you can do with your time is to read the scriptures. And in particular, 
John because it points us to Christ. Um, Philippians chapter 3, Paul again writing. He's just listed out all of his religious activity, all the great things that he is and what all that he's done. And he says, I count all of it as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. There's nothing, Paul says, there's nothing more valuable to the human soul than to know Jesus. What if we acted as if that were true? That there's nothing more valuable for us than to know Jesus. I would plan, my wife's birthday is a week from today. And she's not here. She told me not to make a big deal about it. So next week I won't make a big deal about it. But you guys could say happy birthday to her. It's like it's next Sunday. Um, I, I spend a lot of time trying to figure out on this day or on this weekend or on this week, what can I do to make my wife feel, feel really special and really loved and really valued on her birthday? Like I spend so much energy in mind space to create that. But what if we, we, we thought that way, like we created margin, we created mind space, we, we spent mental energy on trying to figure out ways we could know Jesus. Because there's nothing more valuable for us than to know Christ. Paul says, for his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and count all those things that I've lost as rubbish um, in order that we may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness, righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness of God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And this is the, the, the result of, of engaging with the book of John on a consistent basis is verse 10. You begin to know Christ you begin to know the power of his resurrection. You begin to share in his sufferings and you be begin to be like him in his death. The book of John is the personification of Philippians 3.10. And the result of that is verse 11, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection of the dead. That's us connecting with who he is. Um, John is good because he tells a lot of stories. He writes in this, this style of telling stories, but he's also writing to a very broad population. He's writing to ultra-religious people and ultra-irreligious people. And those two poles and everyone in between. And at the end of the book, he states his purpose. Yeah, I've written these things so that you might see Jesus as the Messiah. So we might see Jesus correctly. So that's idea number one, is to study and read scripture. Idea number two is to pray consistently. Um, Josh and Ben, can you pass out those, those prayer cards now, if you don't mind? Um, while they're passing those out, uh, prayer does not have to be dear God and then a bunch of words and an amen. It doesn't have to be eyes bowed and head, eyes closed and, and head bowed. It doesn't have to be that. It can be, and many times that's good to do that, but because um, it creates a sense of reverence. But ultimately, prayer is simply communicating with God. And we're passing these out. Like, these have been on the table for about three years now. 
And I think we've gotten eight or 10 back. Um, and I want you guys to use these cards. I want you guys to every, as you're thinking throughout the week, man, I, I really have this need that I would like for the church to pray about. I'd like for the leadership to pray about. And, and you can't wait to get here to fill one of these out and put it in the offering plate. And, and I want you to understand too, is like, we want you to put these in the offering plates as, as symbolism. Like we, these tables are here for very specific reason and we don't pass a plate, we don't pass communion, I don't serve you communion, we don't have this giving situation passed to you. We want you to stand and rise and go. And as you fill out a prayer request card and as you put it into the offering plate, I want you to understand that you are laying down your need, confessing your need, not just before the elders. You're also laying it down before a holy God. Um, so use these prayer cards. And, and as you, I want it to, to be a, a real act of worship as you place it into the offering plate. Because um, prayer is about humility and admission of need. Um, I want to talk about that again in just a second, but I want to stop and, and talk more about praying consistently. I want you um, today, this is me asking you to do this today. I want you to stop at some point today and pray that God would give you two or three people that he intends for you to pray for in the month of January and pray for them daily. Send them a text. Hey, God has called me to pray for you in the month of January. Can you tell me something I can pray for you about? Um, maybe send them an email, but consistently ask them how I can pray for you and then pray for them. Um, maybe even set an alarm in your phone that says, pray for Rebecca. And you're praying for Rebecca every day. Get a, some, be, uh, be strategic. Hey, this is a time every day when I take a shower. So three minutes before I get in the shower, I'm going to have an alarm on my phone go off that says, pray for Travis. And that's going to remind me that I'm to pray for Travis as I shower. Okay? Very simple ways to remind yourself. Just um, strategically figure out your life when you can pray. Maybe have an alarm go off right before lunch. So during lunch, instead of wasting time on Netflix or YouTube or wherever you waste time or Facebook, pray. Or maybe it's a commute to work, whatever. Um, then also, I want you to also pray for yourself. Pray for this idea that the prayer would produce this idea of, of need and humility. Um, need and humility are central parts to prayer. Um, a friend of mine, pastor of the church in Edwardsville named Steve Mizell says this, Jesus never praised anyone for their doctrinal purity or theological acumen. But I find many examples of his praising people for their helpless and humble faith. We need to zero in on that. Christ, Jesus, is drawn to people who are helpless and humble. And prayer is that. There's one instance in scripture that I've seen where Jesus praises someone for their theology, and it's Matthew 16. Peter has 
is talking with Jesus about who Jesus is. In verse 15, he, Jesus, said to them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I want you to see this. The, the theological value that the, the, the theological rightness of Peter here. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He's seen Jesus for who he is, and Jesus has commended him for seeing Jesus for who he is. But I want you to see the last half of verse 17. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Anything that we have that's of any value as was given to us by God. And this is when we pray, it's an inherent statement that I am in need of something outside of my ability to provide. Let me say that again. Prayer inherently says, I'm in need of something outside of my ability to provide. It creates this humility. And as we read through John, we're going to see how Christ is drawn to people who are humble and he is repelled from people who are arrogant. Just consider that. And that ought to bring us to a place where we pray. So prayer doesn't just inherently say, I'm in need of something outside of myself. It also inherently says that this need is not outside of God's ability to provide. Prayer says, not just I need, but more specifically, I need you, God. Um, a simple, sweet prayer is God, make me humble, and God, make me aware of my need for you. God, make me humble, and God, make me aware of my need for you. And then, and this is the hardest part with prayer, but I hope it's a, it's a, a place we go, is many times in prayer, the best thing that you can do is just shut up and listen. Be still, be quiet. Listen. Say to God, make me humble. Make me aware of my need for you. And then just listen. Clear your mind and listen. And here's the, the promise of Scripture and the promise of, of your pastor right here, right now. As you're engaging through the Gospel of John, engaging with Christ through the Gospel of John, and you add this piece of God, make me humble, show me my need for you, and then just shut up and listen. After you've engaged with Christ through the Gospel of John, he will speak boldly to you. He will direct your path. He will show you where to go. He will make you full, make you complete, make you lacking in nothing. He will make you like himself. What would it look like if we were 30 or 40 people in North St. Louis County living lives just like Jesus lived? What would it look like if a few people began to make it a, a, a priority in their lives to understand Jesus and then to ask him to make us like him? There's a lot of junk that happens in our world. There's a lot of junk that happens in this city. There's a lot of junk that happens in this heart. But what if, what if we, we spent 
like the most important thing in our minds and in our hearts every day was to know Jesus better and to be like him better. Like that's what I want for myself and that's what I want for us. God, would you change us that way? Let me pray. We'll be finished. God, thank you. Thank you that you are perfect. Thank you that you are holy. Thank you that you have revealed yourself to us. Thank you for persevering the scriptures all these years so that we might know you. God, I pray for each of us this morning, Father, that we would spend this year seeking to know you, seeking to to have humility in our hearts, seeking to understand our, our deep need for you. And Lord, may we look to find you in the scriptures. Thank you so much for Jesus. It's in his name I pray. Amen.